This is Conservation Lab Episode 1. I'm Dr. Ali Roman, and today we're talking about the whale shark. Why are whale sharks called filter feeders? And why do they have this funny name, whale shark? Whale sharks are one of only very few species of shark that do not consume large fish. Instead, they consume microscopic fish known as plankton. And if you've ever played the Oregon Trail video game back in the 90s, you remember plankton in the food chain. These are some of the smallest creatures and they're consumed by uh, shellfish and larger fish like the whale shark. Whale sharks are called filter feeders because they filter, let's take a look at this video. They literally filter uh, the water of microscopic fish uh, like plankton. And there are other fish that do this like um, mussels and other types of shellfish. And here in this video from IMTA Canada, there's a picture, there's a video of what water looks like when there are mussels in that water and what a body of water looks like when there are no mussels in that water. Mussels are also filter feeders. So filter feeders, they like in this video here, they take water in and they consume all of the microscopic nutrients of that water, especially microscopic fish, plankton, and then they expel, in the case of whale sharks, they expel out of their gills um, the remainder of that water. And so it, it has a purifying, filter feeders have a kind of purifying effect on water. And whale sharks are among the largest fish that uh, are filter feeders. Other filter feeders that are very large like whale sharks include um, manta rays. Manta rays are, are those giant stingray looking creatures. They also consume microscopic fish and have a purifying effect on the water. This website, marinesanctuary.org, talks about the appearance of whale sharks. And it reads here, their backs are blue gray in color with unique distributions of white spots and stripes all over their bodies while their bellies are bright white. In the marine environment, having a dark back and a lighter belly is an adaptation called countershading, which helps animals blend into the environment and allows them to avoid predation, so predators, or um, having, a, and it also helps them sneak up on their prey. So pretty interesting. Uh, it reads here about their diet and habitat. Whale sharks are one of the only three species of filter feeding sharks, which means they spend much of their time swimming with an open mouth, sifting tiny plankton, fish, and sometimes an unlucky squid through their gills to get the energy and nutrients they need. So pretty interesting. They, and they consume gallons of water. And um, in the process of purifying the water, filter feeders like whale sharks um, prevent an overgrowth, an overgrowth of uh, plankton and algae. And the reason that's interesting is because uh, when you do have an overgrowth of uh, plankton and algae, you have uh, an overgrowth of what are considered invasive species of weeds. So in this journal article here, lake eutrophication control of phytoplankton overgrowth and invasive aquatic weeds. Eutrophication, uh, the article talks about how eutrophication in lakes is a process where um, bodies of water see an excess overgrowth. 
of certain types of um, nutrients. So algae, plankton, and when there is an overgrowth, um, certain types of fish that are higher on the food chain that consume plankton, uh, like shellfish, they can actually become uh, poisoned. So there's something called paralytic in this other article here, marine biotoxins, occurrence, toxicity, regulatory limits, and reference methods. There's something called paralytic shellfish poisoning. So shellfish can actually be poisoned by this overgrowth of uh, algae. It says in the first line here, harmful algae blooms are natural phenomena caused by the massive growth of phytoplankton that may contain highly toxic chemicals, the so-called marine biotoxins causing illness and even death to both aquatic organisms and humans. So people who consume this shellfish end up having um, all sorts of health issues in the immediate aftermath of consuming that. And I think the article mentions this. Um, symptoms for people may vary from a severe gastrointestinal intoxication with nausea, vomiting, abdominal cramps, to even neurological disorders like dizziness, uh, partial paralysis, and respiratory distress. It says here that the official method for the detection of bi marine biotoxins is, and then they have some particular um, methods. So pretty interesting. So, so, so scientists monitor the purity of water, um, which are sources of drinking water, and they monitor al uh, bloom, algae blooms uh, that produce marine biotoxins, and they assess them. So pretty interesting that this is where there's a certain kind of role that whale sharks and mussels and other types of shellfish uh, that are filter feeders play in purifying the water. The video that uh, we just looked at uh, that showed this process in action came from IMTA Canada. IMTA Canada is integrated, the integrated uh, multi-trophic aquaculture uh, YouTube page. Aquaculture is a term uh, that also more or less means aqua farming. So it says here, aquaculture is the breeding, rearing, and harvesting of fish, shellfish, algae, and other organisms in all types of water environments. So when it comes to aqua farming and the farming of fish, um, there are these large facilities here. Here it reads, aquaculture, also known as aqua farming, is the controlled cultivation of aqua aquatic organisms such as fish, crustaceans, algae, and other organisms. Um, partly, partly because a lot of natural marine habitats are damaged around the world. You do have aqua farming, um, which are more controlled environments for um, cultivating and uh, raising fish for consumption, especially, but then also for conservation purposes. Um, so in some places you have the overgrowth of uh, algae and plankton, and these journal articles, they mention what the reasons are for this. One of the reasons it says in this journal article is um, uh, something called non-point source runoff. Non-point source runoff, so just runoff, refers to um, a process where rainwater and flooding ends up um, bringing a lot of uh, man-made, human-made pollutants in, um, on land, and it brings it into the water, and it has the outcome of uh, causing um, an imbalance in the nutrients there, and there's this outcome, new eutrophication, the overgrowth of plankton and um, algae. 
which again can lead to um, uh, what's called paralytic shellfish poisoning, uh, which is what can cause um, health issues for humans who consume those types of fish, shellfish. What's also interesting is that not only are natural habitats um, damaged by the overgrowth of algae and plankton, but there are other types of habitats that are damaged by the loss of plankton. So here's an article talking about the state of Maine. The article reads, loss of tiny organisms hurts ocean fish and fishing, scientists say. This is from June of 2023, and it reads, the warming of the waters off the East Coast have come at an invisible but very steep cost, the loss of microscopic organisms that make up the base of the ocean's food chain. So it says here, the growing warmth and saltiness of the Gulf of Maine off New England is causing a dramatic decrease in the production of phytoplankton, according to, according to Maine-based scientists um, in a NASA-funded study. Phytoplankton, sometimes described as an invisible forest, are tiny plant-like organisms that serve as food um, for marine life. So if you have um, a loss of phytoplankton, then it says here that this disrupts the valuable fishing industries for species like lobsters and scallops. And it can further jeopardize animals such as North Atlantic right whales and Atlantic puffins. So pretty interesting. This, this, this can also damage the entire fishing, fishing industry in Maine that is already, already um, under duress. It says here, decline of fish stocks in the Gulf of Maine would be very disruptive, especially disruptive to American fishermen because um, the Gulf of Maine is a key ground for the U.S. lobster industry. Other important species such as haddock, flounder, and pollock are also harvested there. So pretty interesting. Um, there's a whole kind of disruption of the entire industry and way of life for Mainers who live up there when um, uh, certain, certain processes connected with climate change um, and also processes connected with uh, human behavior end up having a warming effect on some of these seas and oceans, including um, human behavior, including pollution. So pretty interesting. The outcome being that filled with whales, um, whale sharks are amongst the types of filter feeders that on the one hand, they require there to be enough plankton um, to, to live in these waters. And at the same time, um, they also consume that plankton to a degree that makes sure there's not an overgrowth of that plankton. So there needs to be enough plankton for these filter feeders to live. But if there's too much, um, if there's an overgrowth of these microscopic organisms, then some of these fish and these filter feeders, including mussels and other shell and, and shellfish can become poisoned in a way that has an impact on the food system and can in, even impact um, people.